Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Top Four Tiers podcast, episode three. We've got lots to talk about today, as we have been a little bit delayed in getting this episode recorded. So, plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm joined by Charlie and Robbie today, lads. Hello. Hi. Oh. And hello, Robbie. Nice introduction, mate. <laughs> um, you know, my voice is joking. Um, but yeah, today loads and loads to talk about, plenty of transfer news, a little bit of just football news in general as well. So we'll crack straight on with it and get on with the Premier League. Um, boys, I'm going to start with a couple of done deals. Um, there's been a fair few that we've missed, in fairness, over the last week or so. Um, so I'm going to start with the Everton's business, which seems like a long, long time ago now, actually. Because I think it was, was it a week ago? I think they signed Andros Townsend and was it Damari Gray and Asmir Begovic? They all signed and uh, great business for them. I think Damari Gray is a good winger to, to sign, you know, a bit of pace in behind. Uh, Charlie, do you, what do you think of the signing of Townsend and Begovic though? Because I think Gray's a decent, decent signing for a young sort of a bit of potential, but I think it's a bit, of an older move to side Townsend and Begovic, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think the signing of Begovic is fine because he's a keeper. So it's like it's was a second string or third string keeper he'll be. So that's fine. You could ha- you could get away with having old keepers. Um, Townsend, I honestly don't know why in hell and God's earth they've signed him. Obviously, experience. Obviously, yeah, key experience. But it's just a bit. They've got better options. Even a Wobie is a bit is better at this point. Uh, Demario Gray, though, can offer pace. He's quite young still, so he can improve. He's quite direct. He's quite he's willing to take players on. But again, has he got the end product that Everton needs? But he can sort of maybe drive their attack forth, onward and forward. But it's a bit... If I was an Everton fan, I'd be, I, would, I would feel very disappointed. But I'm not going to slate them before they play. I think Rafa... It's typical Rafa signings, really, isn't it? Townsend and Begovic. I think Ray went over to Bayer Leverkusen, and I, it obviously mustn't have worked. He must have been homesick or or something, which you don't blame him in the times that he was living probably over in Germany and probably felt fairly isolated and alone. But um, I think they're proper Rafa signings. And Begovic is one of them. He's a good keeper, but we saw in the playoff semi-final second leg last year against Brentford that he's definitely got a mistake in him. And and so, you know, I'm not sure he's Premier League quality. And I think when you've got Jordan Pickford in the side, I mean, maybe Begovic is just coming in for a decent backup and that's all it'll be. But I think the sign of the Townsend's one of them as well, where He's very, very, very good on his day, but when is he on his day? Do you know what I mean? Like, very rarely. So I'm not sure if Everton want to be striving for that sort of top seven, which I think most Everton fans will be asking for, then I think they probably need to show a little bit more ambition. Um, Another transfer then we'll just talk about quickly is Brentford. They're another side that have been busy um, in the last sort of seven days or so. Christopher I is signed from Celtic and Frank Onyeka, who I'll be honest, I don't think many people know too much about. He joined from Midgerland. Um, decent signings, I think. Uh, you know, Ayer uh, has been a big fish in a small pond for a long time at Celtic. And I think the move has been inevitable, really, hasn't it, Charlie? Yeah, I think Onyeka, obviously, Brentford's um, recruitment is very solid. So I think I do trust the signings. I think Onyenka is going to be a good young midfielder for them. I think he's a box-to-box midfielder, so um, he could offer that sort of um, midfield alongside Josh De Silva, maybe, if they, if uh, Onyenka is a starting player anyway. I think Josh, uh, Josh De Silva and Onyenka would be a good midfield partnership, two quite box-to-box midfielders. And then obviously you've got um, Aya from Celtic, who's obviously a quite experienced defender and just has got a winning, a very good winning mentality other than this season. But Celtic have have, have dominated uh, the Scottish League, so he has he is used to winning. And I think uh, Brentford would need that in their, their defence because their defence did need um shoring up. Um, I think 
Pinnock's a good defender. I think um, Pontus Janssen's a good defender, but maybe not quite for the Premier League. So I think signing Aya, Aja, whoever is a good signing. Totally agree with you there. I think, I think I is one of those players where, you know, it could go one of two ways with him. We've seen so many players come down from the Scottish leagues and, and not quite be up to the pace of the Premier League or the physicality. But I do think I has got that little bit of something physically. I just think on the ball, he could be a little bit dodgy. Um, but then again, Brentford's recruitment, as much as, as a QPR fan myself, I am envious of it. Brentford's recruitment is very, very good, and it pains me to admit that. So I, I do trust their judgment. Um, moving on then for another transfer, and I'll come to you with this one, Robbie. Um, Man United, obviously it's the big, big news, isn't it, really? Rafa Varane was confirmed that they'd agreed a deal in principle. Um, they also officially unveiled Jaden Sancho through, since the last podcast. Um what do you think about that, really? Because Varane, I mean, their their defence does look imperious at the moment, especially adding a World Cup Champions League winner in Varane to it. I mean, I think they are still lacking, uh, you know, a solid right back, as Charlie Austin said. But um, <laughs> I mean, I think they got they got depth now at centre back, which I think they've been. Not necessarily lacking, but in terms of like quality and depth, they've now got that. With I mean, I think Bay is probably one of the best of like backup players, along with Lindelof now probably, and then Moran's obviously won pretty much everything there is to win in terms of uh, competitions they've played in. So I think he'll be a good addition just for that alone, because obviously United. But, but can they've been do it on a cold night in? Well, I say Stoke, but can he do it on a cold night in, you know, I, I think with, yeah, in Burnley, I think Varane, he is a good defender, but I watched a couple of Real Madrid games last season and then obviously watched him play for France in the Euros. And against Liverpool, I thought he looked fairly suspect. And against Man City as well, he was... To be fair, though, you look at the Real Madrid team as a whole, even Ramos has been probably one of the best defenders in the world, looked shaky. So I don't think, I think it was just more of a, all-round team thing that was around individually. Yeah, that is true, to be fair. It was a bit of a, a poor year for Real Madrid standards last year, in fairness. So, you know, just while we're on the topic of Man United, though, I do want to bring one thing up, which smugly, I shall say, they did play a friendly against... I mean, when you come up against the best team in the world in a friendly, a 4-2 defeat isn't too bad, but you know, QPR beating them 4-2 at Loftus Road. That that says a big thing to me. And it said, and the thing it says to me is really that they still haven't got the squad depth to really compete. I mean, the team they played, it was nowhere near first choice. But really, a lot of those players will be called upon this year in as backups, especially if they want to compete in, in you know, other trophies. And I just think, you know, we... QPR, I say we and QPR absolutely took them apart and made them look like really poor players. And that's one worry I have for Man United. I think that's a bit I unfair. Don't, I don't think it's too much because didn't Accrington beat um, like Marseille a couple of years ago? And there's clearly, you know, they're clearly nowhere near as good as them. I think most pre-seasons, you can't really judge the team. I think from a QPR perspective, it's obviously a big positive, but I wouldn't be too concerned about it if I was a United fan. I think this is United's first pre-season game, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. So they're going to be unfair and then obviously playing a third, second string team. I think obviously the cliche is like, it's not like all about the result, but obviously it is. Losing to UPR is a bit worrying, but like, they're... Jesus. I think obviously like, I saw okay. I saw something today which is bugging me, and I don't know if Ahmad Diallo played against QPR, but I saw someone on Twitter say, um, "Akayo Saka." No, sorry, that Ahmad Diallo is better than Saka, and just like, really? Diallo didn't play, to be fair. uh, It's it's off topic, but I just thought about it now. Yeah, that is fair enough. I mean. 
the the, in, the slight things that get on Charlie's gears, we've just found out there. Yeah, getting get really getting his nerves. But just moving on from that now, because I think you know we've spoken about Man United in a fair bit of depth there. Bit of Tottenham Hotspur news. Um, they've lost a couple of key cogs, I would say, and they've also brought in a few players. Eric Lamella's left as part of a swap deal um, with Brian Gilles, who I'll be totally honest, I haven't got a clue about him. I don't know. He could be a good player. I'm not even going to waste time giving insight onto him because it would be waffle. And so, you know, but losing Lamella, I do think that is a little bit of, you know, a spark off the bench that I think he did provide at times last season. He's just not, never really been consistent enough at Spurs, in my opinion. Spurs also did bring in Pierluigi Gallini, who is a rapper. Um, so that's a bit of a bit of a strange one. Probably he'll just be a backup to Hugo Lloris. Might get the cup games. Well, I don't think it's that big of a transfer. But I think the big one for Spurs is the loss of Toby Alderweireld. Um Robbie, what do you think about that? Like, do you think that um, it's a big loss? Not really, because I think past couple of seasons his performances have been slipping. And I suppose you could always point at their defence as their weak, weak area. But I've actually I actually think the business so far has been quite good. Because we saw a couple of years ago when they had that Champions League final season, probably I mean not probably their biggest achievement in recent years. And that all came as a result of uh, Pochettino, who had obviously been with them for a couple of years before that, uh, built that squad. And I think what Spurs is just doing now is just rebuilding and starting a new project under Nuno by signing uh, the likes of Brian Gill. And I, don't, I, don't, I think Galini might actually start the season because I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure he was Atlanta's main keeper and they've obviously been competing at Champions League level so I, I quite like what they're doing Yeah I'm surprised about Gallini because I, I thought I recognised the name and then I, I did a bit of research and remembered he was, was at Villa. Villa. Yeah and he was absolutely horrific for them um, and he mm, left I mean it could, yeah, it could be a case of just like wrong country so maybe it's a bad move because I guess Serie A is probably the polar opposite to the Prem isn't it yeah, that is very true, to be fair. Just moving on then, we're going to just quickly discuss a couple of rumours going around in the Premier League. And first thing I want to bring up is Norwich City. Now, I don't know how true the links were, but we saw that Todd Cantwell was linked to, to Aston Villa. Now, if I, I, I want to ask you this, Charlie. Um, do you think if Norwich can lose more of their players, do you think relegation's a certainty? Because... At the moment, you know, losing Buendia, maybe losing Cantwell, you know, they, they're struggling to keep hold of their best players at the moment. And I think that if they lose Cantwell, they're probably in trouble, I think. Yeah, their, their, their attack's going to hurt because they've got, they've got Pookie still, but is he actually that good in the Prem? He had those first good few months of the first season. But I think losing those two players is going to be crucial to their survival. They've obviously signed well in... Uh, Billy Gilmore, who could be a very good midfield, midfielder for them, I think. Was it that Pierre Lumelu? I think that's his name. Also signed him in midfield. They haven't signed a defender as of yet, have they? They've uh, re-signed. They've not re-signed. They've signed on Grant Hanley for another season at least through a contract. So I think again, he's not a very good defender. He, he was obviously very good in the oh, championship I think last that's season. Harsh. I do think that's harsh. Actually, he was very good in the in championship. There. Yeah. I do think that's harsh because I think Gibson and Hanley last year, having watched a lot of the championship, they were very, very decent. I think they both deserve at least an opportunity to play together in the Premier League. Now, I'm not saying the Premier League quality, but but I do think they they deserve at least the opportunity, at least till January, before you can really judge them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but I think they do need to... I think they should sign a key centre-back or... it any defender really that will help them because uh, we've seen them before. They play really nice attacking, free-flowing football and obviously their manager is good, but with their budget, they normally get in the Premier League. They can never really sign key players they want. Obviously, selling um, Wendier would allow them a more budget, a, a bigger budget, but they, they, there, are, there are a couple of signings away from safety, I think. So I think if they do, do lose Countwell, 
that would be an issue. I agree, but, actually, that the Hanley-Gibson thing's harsh because they were probably the best centre-back pairing last year. I'm not saying they're terrible. I, just, I don't think they'll cut it. We've seen Hanley in the Premier League before and he, oh, he wasn't good. Yeah, Norwich but to be fair, the Norwich team as a whole wasn't, or defensively wasn't brilliant that season. Very true, very true, lads. I think, you know, you look, they were playing alongside, and I know Godfrey's grown now and he's an excellent centre-back, but it is very difficult when you're playing alongside a young centre-half in the Premier League and, and you know, it can be difficult to shepherd him through. But just quickly, the last thing we're going to talk about in the Premier League is one question that I've got. And it's, who do you think the first manager to be sacked this season is? Now, I'll come to you with this first, Robbie, because it is a bit of a, a tough question, I'd say. Um, based off history and, like, how, like, the inexperience the manager has, I'd probably have to say uh, Zisco or Munoz at Watford, because... I mean, they're quite well known for sacking managers, you know, for little to no reason. So I think he would have to do a pretty good job to keep his job at uh, Watford. Yeah, I think I think that's true, mate. I think, you know, you could easily see a, a, a bad start for Watford and all of a sudden Cisco after sort of five or six games is under pressure and yeah, I think if they're, if they're not looking good first 10 games of the season, I see them going and them bringing in uh, Tony Pulis. Yeah, somewhat a Premier League like experienced manager to try to keep them off the season and then they'll probably get rid of them as well. Allardyce. You could see it. Um, Charlie, Charlie, who do you think is the first to go? I would have said the Watford manager as well, but because I was taken, I'm, I'm actually going to say Rafa Benitez. Wow, that's bold. That I, could, bold. I, I, I know, but I could just see it. I could see them. They're, obviously, they're, they're aspiring to be a top four club, aren't they? And obviously, signing their signings so far haven't really proven to be top four quality, I think. But anyway, I think he's going to struggle. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give you logistical back, uh, reasoning because I, I don't know. I just generally have a feeling. I have that feeling. It's just he's going to be sacked. He might not be the first one to get sacked, but he's, I think he will be sacked or leave during the season. I think they'll have a really bad season this season, Everton. And obviously, I think he's going to go because of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you massively on the Everton having a poor season one. I'm actually going to say, and maybe this is cheating slightly, but I'm going to say a player that I think, manager I think will walk away. I don't necessarily think he'll be sacked, but that's Ralph Hasenhutl. Um I think Southampton have really lacked ambition so far this this summer window. And the news that Danny Ings wants to leave the club, I mean, that can't settle any Saints fans' nerves. And no offence to them, but they're not really known for being a fortress at St Mary's. And I think if you look at their quality of squad, they need to make that place a, a fortress in order to stay in the division. And I can just see Hassan who will probably leaving to get maybe a better European job or even a better well if it was a better Premier League job then I would have got it wrong but I just I can just see it happening any and yeah that's that's my thoughts on that one so moving on then we'll move on now to the second tier which is obviously the championship and I'll start by speaking about my team QPR who signed Stefan Johansson now I want to get a non non-biased perspective on this. So if one of you two want to jump in and give your thoughts on that transfer, then then go ahead. Um, I can't claim to have seen much of my QPR last year. I just know that based off what like I've heard said, he was, you know, decent. But I think from um from his time at Fulham, he's like a he's a proven good championship player. He's obviously got promoted once or twice. Them. I think he's gone up twice. twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with QPR obviously having you know, aspirations of top four finish, he, he'd probably be one of the better players to get, even if it, even if he wasn't on his, you know, top game. Just have him in the squad could be quite useful. But I, I think regardless, he'll probably be a good player. Yeah, I mean, being like a squad, squad player. Yeah. As a QPR fan, I, I do think it's a, it's a top signing. Like he was 
absolutely quality for us last season after signing in January. And, and he just dictates the play and from deep and makes he's one of those midfielders that makes a team tick. And I think every good side has a player like that. If you look at, you know, all the top sides. Oh, in the yeah. I think all the top sides in top in football have that sort of leader from midfield that can just control. Yeah, that's that's from what I've seen, that's, isn't that kind of something Keith I've been lacking? Totally, like, yeah. I don't, there's not there's not really like many captain personalities in that team. But there might be. I, I didn't obviously know, but from like the outside, it doesn't look. Yeah. I think that's a good shout. Another West London team who's been very very busy. Um, in the last week is Fulham. Now, they've signed an unbelievable two signings. Now, I don't know what you think about this, Charlie, but I was absolutely... My jaw hit the floor when when I saw that Harry Wilson and even bigger for me, Paolo Gatsaniga signed for them. I mean, Gatsaniga, I think he's a Premier League keeper easily for me. And yeah. Wilson, I mean, we've seen what he can do. Gaz, yeah, Gazaniga, I think, is a very good signing for, for them. I think he's well, he's now, I think, other than Sam Johnston, the best one of the best uh, keepers in the championship now. I might be missing a few, obviously, but I think 12 million in the championship shouldn't be allowed for a start. Not shouldn't be allowed, but well, I, to think, be fair, I think they'll get away with it because it's outrageous. They're paying, it, they're paying it next year, aren't they? So they can. That, that's really nice. FFP. I don't want to say scummy, but I think that's quite scummy. But either way, I think. Um, is he worth 12 million? I, he's a decent player. I just don't think he's 12 million worth. I think he's a good set piece. He's good, you know, he's good. He's a good finish, finish or whatever. But I, th- I don't think, I don't see it. I don't think he's that good. Obviously, he's a good championship player, maybe. I just don't think he's that good of a player. And I don't want to be brutal. I can't believe that's from I, I know he's brutal. In, in the Premier, prem, he, prem, he, was, he was probably one of Bournemouth's better players, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I, I have to disagree with you as well. Sorry, Charlie, because I it's mean, okay. I, you know, when you're just bored and watching highlights and I was sat watching Derby against, I think it was Middlesbrough a couple of years yeah, he's ago. Insane. And, and mate, for Derby, he was absolutely a cheat code. And For Derby, he was good, but I don't think he's recreated that. He was, no, he was, a, he was really good for Cardiff this year. He went very under the radar, I think, just because. I think, yeah, players... he had he had he had like a slow start, I think. Then towards the end, he was like starting to. I think I think against Mill, he scored a hat trick, and they were, every single goal was like a pretty impressive one from range yeah, or yeah, from kicks that, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe I am being harsh, but I just I just I just don't like seeing championship club signing people for twelve million. I just think it's unfair. You know what I mean? It's a massive I think they've done well to the top, yeah. to be honest. I, I can see where you're coming from, Robbie, but I do think it's a massive risk from Fulham. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think they're going up within the next two years at least, which is kind of a time frame they'd have to do it to cover it. Because, I mean, they've again, got... it's a gamble. It is a gamble, though, isn't it? Because you've got to think to yourself, like, the championship is not cut and dry as a league, you know, any team, I mean, this this reminds me a lot of Aston Villa when they got relegated and they had Ross McCormack, who I think they spent, what was it, 12 million quid on. They signed, I think it was Jonathan Codger. They signed Albert Adoma. They signed all of these players. And on paper, they had a, a dream team of championship players. I think they signed Galini, we've spoken about. And they were really poor because they never gelled. And... I can just see it happening. A manager like Marco Silva, who hasn't managed in the championship, and I, I can see that happening. And I just think if they've got this 12 million quid to pay for Harry Wilson next year, and if they finish, say, 13th or mid-table or even don't go up this year, then financially, I just don't see what the club's going to do. Because let's be honest, Harry Wilson's a very good player, but I can't see anyone paying more than 12 million quid for him. I think that's probably the top end of his valuation, unless he obviously goes and has a cracking season this year. I don't know. I think in this like current market, 12 mil for like a lower to decent prem quality player to like a, from what we've seen, top end championship, I think that's fair. And I, I do, I know what you mean about how like Fulham could easily 
flop, but I think their squad's just too too good. And even if they were on track to finish mid-table or something, I think they would have got rid of Silver and changed things up by then. Because there's no way that that team doesn't at least get top four, or top six, I mean. On paper, yeah. But then again... Because Mitrovic is just guaranteed goals and with, like, Kearney and Wilson's flying. Has Kearney left, though, I thought? I think he's linked away, but I, I'm not sure. I, I think, think, I think right, Sheffield he, United, are trying, they were the main one, and they're trying to get Grimes. So. I think I saw a post from Kenny yesterday saying about something. I don't know. I, didn't I mean, it. he might be, but I think we've got, even with the like, likes of Bulls and stuff, he's still going to get some of us. Mitrovic. Have they saw um, Anguiza? Is it Anguiza? Uh, I think, he, yeah, he was there permanently. They just loaned him out last time they were in the championship. There's no way he'll stay, though. He will definitely go. I don't know if I've seen him link with. Look at Adebayo as well. If they keep Ethan, then he's... Is it Adebayo, the defender? Adebayo. Yeah, Adebayo and Robinson. They're both linked away, though. Anyway, we've spoken a lot about Fulham there, so I'll just move on. We've spoken a lot about West London clubs there. So I'll move on to another club that is south, but it's a bit further south, and that's Bournemouth. Just a really quick one here. They've signed Leif Davis from Leeds in... In this transfer that took a while, I think it's a great signing, in my opinion. I'll just give my thoughts on this one. It adds to the Emmy Marcondes signing. I think Davis is obviously going to be extremely fit coming from a Bielsa system. And I think that was one of Bournemouth's weaknesses last year, sort of down that left-hand side. They've lost Diego Rico. And uh, I do think they've probably improved, not maybe not improved, but definitely replaced him there with a young, hungry lad in Davis. Another done deal then that we'll just very, very, very quickly touch upon because I, I I know we went on a long time about Fulham there is Dion Sanderson to Birmingham. He was linked with every single club under the sun, wasn't he? Uh, and, you know, it's a it's a great coup from Birmingham to get him in on loan. But do you think, just I'll, I'll ask one sentence, Robbie, what do you think of this move? Do you think he'll succeed? Um, I think at the worst he'll be sol- like solid. Maybe not enough anything special, but I think Gil, he's got potential to be up there with like the the best in the league. But I think he'll be a he's a pretty safe low risk signing, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, couple of rumours then that we're just going to very quickly brush up on, and that's Libu Cannon, who I have been told is a Nottingham Forest fan, but is one of Derby's young, one of their remaining young star talents he's a left back I think and Forrest are obviously looking to rub salt into Derby's wounds by by paying two million I think they've bid for him but it was rejected so I think they've come in for a second bid now I'm not sure if that's been accepted or I think they may be just stalling at the moment but I mean if that happens God we'll talk about Derby in a minute but Christ what what does Derby want to do like do they try keep hold of all their players and stay up, which I think would be tough on its own, or do they just try and make money and clear all like the debt and financial problems? Because if they, if they do that, then there's no way they're staying up. Because they, I mean, they, I don't know if they can't even feel the team, as like at the moment, especially with Knight injured. Yeah, and that'll segue us probably quite nicely into a bit of derby chat. Rain Rooney said that he wouldn't walk away, but again was damning in an interview saying you know that he can't field the team for their first league game they have no centre-backs and the two centre-backs they have at the club are both very young lads from the academy I think they have Stearman and Jack Gilcom trial but I'm not sure if they obviously can only sign limited players so it depends where they'll use it with them yeah I mean isn't it I'd say centre-backs would probably be their priority but again both of them could easily get injured. You know, you can't be asking them to play more than 30 games each. I just think it's got, I think it's got relegation written all over it for Derby. And I don't want to see them go down, but I think they need to to just to go forward. Yeah. They probably do need one of those seasons where they get promoted from rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Another team that's on the rebuild is Swansea city. Now, Steve Cooper left left Swansea, I think, was it about eight days ago? 
Now, I don't know what Swansea do. They tried to get QPR's assistant manager, John Eustace, in, but he he rejected them um, to stay at QPR, which says a lot about Mark Warburton and QPR as well, in my opinion. But, I mean, Charlie, I'll ask you this. What, what do you think they need to do here, Swansea? Because on paper, their squad's probably still good enough to be up there. They're heavily linked with um, MK Dunn's manager, Russell Martin, and I think that would be a very good appointment. He's a young, young, ambitious manager, and I think he's done really well with MK Dons. He plays really nice possession-based football, free-flowing, maybe a bit too much possession, but I think he's a very young, good manager. I think if Swansea gets him, I think that would be a really smart coup, and I think it would be a massive loss for MK Dons. Because Swan- Swansea are... As of as last season, they're, they're on the cusp of the Premier League and they could do the same now if they have a good manager. I think losing Steve Cooper, obviously, is a big loss. But I think if they replaced him with Russell Martin, I think they've replaced well. Yeah, but then again, though, I've seen a lot of people sort of slating Steve Cooper and a lot of Swansea fans sort of saying that it's dinosaur football and and that it's it's terrible football. And, and so I don't even know... If if the Norwich fans are that missing Steve Cooper that much, um, but you know what I think for Norwich for me I've also seen John Terry and Jody Morris linked, and obviously Terry left the Aston Villa job, um, the assistant job, probably in a hope that he'll get the Swansea job. I think Swansea will probably be lower mid table this year. I think the likes of Matt Grimes has been linked away, and I think he will go um, because he's a very good player and. They've got a lot of quality players and I could see Swansea losing a fair amount of them, to be fair. Um, just another thing then to, to talk about in the Championship. Um, Blackburn Rovers, they're another side that have been very inactive in the transfer market. I don't even think they've signed a single player yet. Um, what What's going on there? Do you have any, any sort of opinions on that, lads? I think Blackburn... If they do lose Armstrong, then they all need to do signings, make signings. They have been linked to the Ronan Curtis, but for Blackburn's sake, I hope they don't get him because he's not he's not championship standard. But um, I think yeah, they can't lose Armstrong if they're going to have a quiet window. I think they could challenge for promotion or at least top six next season if they make the right signings. But I think they do need to get on with it. Guy, is it Guy Mowbray still there? What's the referee's name? Tony Mowbray. Guy Mowbray. Yeah, so, sorry, yeah, my, my bad, my yeah, bad. Um, commentator, my bad. Um, I think, is Bradley Dak back or is he out injured for another year again? I think he's coming back towards like January or something. But then I heard he Maybe got injured again, longer. didn't he? He did. He came back from a long injury and then he played like a couple of games and he picked up another like long, really long term. Well, if, if they could get him going, then they could be in for a good season with... It depends if Armstrong stays and, and if they keep their good players. I think they signed um in January. They signed uh Harry Pickering from Crew, and I know I know he's a very good player, good left back, good young left back. So I, they have got they have got they have got the players, but they need their window needs to step up a bit. And I think they do need to sign players, and if they don't, they're a bit in the mud. I think they'll probably keep Armstrong just because their valuations like. They're overpriced now a bit because I think Newcastle have like forty percent sell on to. So obviously, if they sell them for like twenty mil, they're only going to get half of that. Yeah, I would agree with that. To be fair, I think it's probably one of those where they've got to sell to sign. But I do think they need to get a few players in because I think Mowbray could be one that gets sacked. You know, we spoke about the first manager sacked from from that league, from the Premier League. And I think Mowbray could be up there in the championship stakes if if they start poorly. Um, yeah, that's, reckon, that's just my take on that. I reckon uh, Ben Brereton, though, could have a good season. Ben well. Brereton, Diaz. You've got, you got to obviously oh, see yeah. his teammate <laughs> now, yeah. It's, have you seen? He, started, he had like 20,000 followers on Instagram and after the Copa America, he's on like a mil now. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, isn't it, really? But... Um, yeah, on that note, we'll move on to from the height from Chile to League One, which is probably Chile, but in a different way, which is a horrendous pun by me. Apologies. But what we're going to quickly discuss is a 
couple of things. We'll start with something else, actually, because there's loads of done deals and that might take a little while. So we'll probably finish League One with that. And I'm just going to ask a quick question to start the League One segue. And that's, I want to know, guys, obviously kits have been released. Probably most kits are out now. I want to know what's your favourite and least favourite kit in League One? Charlton's, um, it's their way off third kit. The black and gold one is... um. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's probably the best kit I've seen in the EFL for a while. I like Portis one is a bit average. It's probably it's not good. It's not bad. Um, in terms of the worst kit, um I really don't it's not the worst kit by any means. I don't like Ipswich's kit. I don't like the sponsor, but that's an acquired taste. That's hit or miss. But I'm not saying that's the worst kit. Uh, um I don't know who's got the worst kit. There's a few bad ones, I think. Um I don't like. I really don't like Sunderland's one with a gradient at the top, the white gradient going into red. I think that's awful looking. It's quite tacky, but it's not the worst. But yeah, I totally agree. Sunderland's away kit as well. I've seen that in the fleshies. That's my least favorite. Is Sunderland's away I quite like kit? That. Oh, I don't know. It's the SpongeBob SquarePants kit, in my opinion. That's <laughs> for my favorite. As much as I'm not a massive fan of the club, but MK Dons' away kit is absolutely top. Like. I mean, that is some kit. It's really clean, just a black and white kit. You know, very, very smart. But I agree with you. I like the Charlton third kit as well. Robbie, what's your fave and least fave? Um, as you're saying, I didn't have a single clue. So I'm literally looking at them now. But from what I can see, Crew's home one looks a little bit out there, but I don't actually mind it. I'd probably have to say, uh, whereas Morecambe's, I think the strife across the from the shoulder looks a little bit and uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that especially with like the gradient on it it looks a bit out of place did you see him um, crew Alexander's away kit last season because that was disgusting it was about the yellow yeah it's like white top and then it's like this ugh, it's like gold and then white but it's like it's the ugliest kit I've ever seen in my life yeah, I think I think it's one of those things where, you know, kits are kits at the end of the day. But I mean, the amount that fans moan and groan about about a kit, it is it is funny in fairness. And I do think that that yeah, I think that kits are yeah, as I said before, kits are kits, and you know, people will moan, but it is just a shirt at the end of the day. And I, I don't really as long as as long as they've put like effort into the design and it's not just like a template and I'm not too bothered whether I like it or not so moving away from kits then boys and just we'll take a little break and then we'll move on to some league one transfers Okay, guys, so we're back from our little, well, say five-second break or maybe, well, it'll be five seconds for you. Um, interval. And, yeah, a little interval. That's that's the word I was looking for. But um, we're going to try a new segment out now because there's been so many done deals in League One that we thought we can't talk about every single one in as much detail as we'd want. So what we're going to do is we're going to rate each transfer out of 10 and give a one's a quick sort of very, very short, brief reason why we think that rating sort of is justified personally for us. So I'll start with um, you, Charlie, because it's one that happened a while ago, but he has hit a bit of form and it's Gassan Ademi, who signed for Portsmouth. Was it on loan from Norwich? What's your ranking on that one? He is the Moroccan Kane. That's all you need to know, 10 out of 10. Well, that's very bold, but I'll take your word for it. And um, okay, then moving on. That's that's very brief, but Robbie, I'll give you this next one, and it's actually a double transfer, and it's Connor Chaplin and George Edmondson signing for Ipswich. I mean, Ipswich, they literally are signing a full new team. Like genuinely, they're playing FIFA career mode at the moment, aren't they, Rob? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about doing a was it starting eleven piece, but we'd have to add a bench to it, wouldn't we? Because there's too many. 
I think those those signings individually. I think Connor Chaplin, um, season at Barnsley just about stayed up. I think he was a bit hit and miss, but when he was good, he he, he can definitely be a championship quality player. Oh mate, he fired a hat trick against QPR, mate. Oh, uh, it was he was class that day, but I wasn't. And then Ed Edmondson, don't really know how he got on at Derby. I just know that he played a fair amount. So I guess you know a championship, a player that's recently played in the championships. I mean, I guess it's always a decent sign, especially him being quite young. Yeah, I agree with that. Are you going to give us a ranking on both? Um, Chaplin for League One, I believe him an eight or a nine. I think he'd be very good in that league. And then Edmondson, I'll give a five or six, just because I've not really seen him. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say maybe a six for Edmondson. But another one, I'll answer this one. It's a triple transfer. Lincoln City sign, Josh Griffiths on loan from, I think, is it West Bromwich Albion, I think? Um, he was at Cheltenham last year and was very decent for them. Had Hakeem Adelakun from Bristol City on a free transfer and Teddy Bishop from from Ipswich. I don't know how much they paid for Bishop, but Griffiths, for me, I'm going to give that one a seven and a half out of ten. I think very good in League Two last year for Cheltenham. And I think if he can make the step up, which we've seen Alex Palmer do last year for Lincoln, he was class and... They're farming the West Brom goalkeepers union at the moment. Um, so I'd give that one a seven and a half. Adela Kun is one of those players that on his day, he's probably top three wingers in League One, um, up there with the, the best, really. But again, lack of consistency is probably an issue. But as you said with Chaplin, quality-wise, he's probably championship quality. So I'd give that one a, a seven maybe an eight. I'd give it an eight because, you know, if they if Appleton can get the best out of him, which we've seen him do with the likes of George Grant, he could probably rip up League One. And then Teddy Bishop wasn't great at switch at, um, at in the last sort of couple of years, but was really meant to be their next big thing, wasn't he? So if, if again, as I said, with the Delican, if Appleton could get the best out of him, then then you never know, do you really? Yeah, so I'll give that one a, a six and a half with a view to, to improving. Charlie, what about this next transfer then? Jamie coming to Gillingham. Do you know much about that? No. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, so... Uh, uh, Charlie, no, Stevenage last year. Yeah. Robbie, I'll let you do it then. Um, I mean, again, I don't know. I've not seen him play, but he seemed like he was pretty good at Stevenage obviously being from Chelsea so he must have you know something about him so yeah, guess... Stevenage's defence was quality last year and he was probably their biggest the biggest reason for that he was had rave reviews from the Stevenage fans like so the yeah, I mean if I was to rank it personally I'd probably give it like a, a seven or an eight because I think Jack Bonham, you know, losing him to Stoke, it's a bad loss that. But I think they've more than replaced him. Obviously, it's only temporary on loan because Gillingham do have that embargo. And I was a bit worried about Gillingham, thinking, you know, how they're going to struggle to bring in players. But obviously, Steve Evans has worked his magic there and he's got a great sign in, on his hands there. So, yeah, another another one that I'll come to you on this one, Charlie, because I'm pretty sure you'll probably know these players. And it's okay. the, the trio of Sheffield Wednesday transfers with Jack Hunt signing on a free and Bailey Peacock, Farrell and Lewis Wing both joining on loan. What's your thoughts on those? Lewis Wing, Lewis Wing is an established championship player who loves a banger, loves scoring a banger. I played for Rotherham, played for, um, obviously, Middlesbrough, played a few games. Um. That's a cracking signing, that one is. Uh, I think, obviously, uh, Peacock, Peacock Farrell was linked with Birmingham, but then chose Sheffield Wednesday for first team. He hasn't been great for um, Leeds and Burnley. I think he hasn't had, a, well, hasn't had much chance at Burnley, in fairness. Uh, it's a decent league one signing, that. I think he's a decent keeper. He's not bad by any means, but I think I'm not too sure about, um, was it Jack Hunt, he said, or no Hunt? Noel Hunt would be about 42, so I hope it isn't Noel Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't, I'm not, I don't know Jack Hunt that well, so I'll 
I'll speak more about Lewis Wing, but I think Lewis Wing obviously is a very good midfielder. I think he's a playmaker, isn't he? Or thereabouts. But either way, I think in League One he'll do bits. I think he's now that Sheffield Wednesday have under have um consigned players, they obviously signed Shadipo a few weeks back. We talked about that, I think. But no, yeah, I think in t- I think ranking them all in one is like probably seven, eight out of ten. Yeah, I'd agree. Just to fill people in on Jack Hunt, he was obviously at Sheffield Wednesday under Car- in the Carvajal era when, when they were sort of pushing for the playoffs and then ended up moving to Bristol City and started pretty well at Bristol City, you know, was in the first team, but then last year struggled a little bit and didn't have a great season. So I think to get him in League One is a very decent signing for Wednesday. And I think Wednesday have made some some very good signings over the last sort of few weeks and if they can keep hold of the likes of Josh Windass and Barry Bannon which day by day it's looking more and more likely um, then I think you know they're probably definitely on a hide into promotion in my opinion Robbie the second last transfer and I'll let you rank this one because I think you'd probably know a little bit about Moisa who was very decent on his day again for Peterborough but MK Dons have managed to to bring him in, what would you think? What what would you rate that transfer? Um, is that the Easter that was at Bristol? Was it Bristol? I think it was Pete. I think was it Pete? I thought it was Peterborough United. I think I, no, I think it was at Peterborough. Yeah. Hold on, I swear there was an ice at Bristol at some point. Yeah, he was there for a year. He played five games. Um, at Easter, I don't at uh, Peterborough. I'd he looks like he was decent. It's got like an okay goals to game. Goals to game uh, ratio, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess. He looks like he, he's had quite a good season at Chelsea a couple of years ago. So if they can get him playing to those standards, and I think MK Dons would be a definite uh, shout in the top six because they're another team that's made some good signs. Well, I guess I'll give it a six, maybe an eight, depending if they can get him playing. Six to eight, that's gone from average to... to I mean, it, it, it's, it's either way, because if they get him playing, like he was a couple of years ago, then it's obviously a good signing. But... I do think it's very, very hard to rank in the championship in the league played. one, it looks like he's been averaged. So I'd get a six. Yeah, fair play, fair play. I think... Just one more one more transfer I'm going to touch on, and we didn't really speak about this from a Middlesbrough perspective, so we can maybe do that a bit, but Rotherham lost Matt Crooks to Middlesbrough. Um, he was linked with Ipswich for ages, and he's one of the players that Ipswich actually didn't sign, which they were linked to, which, you know, is a bit strange, I guess, considering how ambitious they've been, but... Are you worried about Rotherham next season, lads? Because I personally, I am a little bit, I think, Paul Warren's a decent manager for League One, like, and he has proven to get teams out of League One. I think has he done it twice? I think so. You know, obviously he's got a track record for it, but I just think you look at that squad now, and I mean, it is looking a little bit shaky. I think and they sell Smith as They're always there or thereabouts. I think they'll be up there. I don't think I think they'll finish playoffs in fairness, but miss out on playoffs. But I think I think yeah, as you said, Warner's a very good manager. He knows knows the division. But I just I don't see them challenging. Yeah, I don't see them challenging for automatics. But I think they'll get playoffs, and I don't think they'll go up through playoffs. But I think they'll get playoffs or maybe seventh or eighth. But losing Crooks is massive, and Crooks Crooks. But they've still got Freddie Ladapo, who's obviously a very good striker at League One level. And they've still got um, some good players there and thereabouts. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I do I don't oh, think they've got no, some decent they, they kept Mike, they kept Michael Smith. Yeah, um, I thought we yeah. had That's all right. To be fair, I think he will probably maybe move on in, in, in the summer or in January if 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 he scores goals and starts fairly decently in in League One. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd just say Rotherham probably just need maybe a couple more signs because obviously they lost on a Sunday as well to Preston, which 
which was our loss. But they'll probably be up there. I think it's maybe a bit reactionary to say that they won't they won't do very well. But that's it for League One. There was a lot to lot to get through. There are a lot of transfers, a lot of sort of I guess news in there as well. So we'll move on now to the final division in the top four tiers, which is League Two. So League Two then. Um, We'll start this time with, I guess, the probably the big news in the whole of sort of the EFL, in my opinion, and that was League Two's top scorer last season. And it's not massively on League Two, but I want to sort of have a bit of a longer discussion on this. And Paul Mullin joining Wrexham, which I think he was on a reported nine grand a week or, or something ridiculous. Like, um, I mean, he's... And the question I want to ask really is, do you think that, that money in non-league is bad for the game or do you think things like that is is good for the game? I think Wrexham have always been, have been pushing along for promotion but never seems to do it. So obviously they want to do it, but the way they're doing it is kind of cheating. Not cheating. It's I, There's a fine line between cheating and just overspending or whatever. Obviously they've got the Ryan Reynolds owner, which we all know about. But um, I think it's... Obviously, getting spending a lot of money can get you in bad places. I know that reports, but I think with their owners, they'll be safe in safe hands. I think, I think there should be harsher rules for play for teams overspending like massively. I don't. No non-league player should be on ten k a week, no matter how good they are. But money talks. So we all. I thought Paul Mullen was like heavily linked with Charlton, so we all thought he was going Charlton, and then somebody's joined Wrexham and was like, "Sorry, what?" But money talks is a bit scummy, but it's, an American, it's such an American thing to do, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, I'm not trying to stereotype, but American owner comes into comes into the football, you know, football, and he's probably just gone. In, I'm not going to put on a Ryan Reynolds like, accent, but you know, oh, oh, let's just go and sign the best player in League Two last year, and the first thing they're going to look at is goals because let's be honest, they're not going to look at crosses per 90 or key passes key passes you know they're not that stats driven probably they and so they've probably gone let's buy him and I just think that you know and we'll move on to this just after I've finished unless you want to say something on it Robbie but teams can really struggle financially and Wrexham is a club that you know, it's always been up there and they're probably feeling top of the world at the moment but all it takes is for them to even if they get promoted, then then they get into FFP rules which don't apply to the national league, and and then all of a sudden they're having to sell players, and financially they're in trouble. And I just think it's it's a slippery slope. And Robbie, do you want to say anything on that? Or are we all right to um, to that next bit? Yeah, I mean, obviously they got the Reynolds money, but don't they always have a sponsorship deal with TikTok as well, which I imagine is probably quite a quite a hefty one. Oh, their shirt sponsor, I think it's TikTok. Yeah, shirt. it is. And, yeah, yeah, it is. But I mean, if there's one positive, at least bootlegger, we'll probably be buzzing with that. <laughs> yeah, it, it is going to get tasty. I think, as as he says, it's going to get tasty, baby, in in Wrexham. But just going to nicely move on then, because it is linked that Swindon. There's some great news about Swindon in the last week. They they take over of Clem Morfuni, I think it is from Alan Power has finally gone ahead and it's great news for the fan. I think, is it Lee Power actually? Sorry, not Alan Power, but it's finally gone ahead anyway. And it's just great news that for the, for the, for the town or city of Swindon, I don't know if it's a city or town, but for the area, it's a great, it's a great, oh yes, it's Swindon town. How stupid. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's great news that, and they've already made a few signings, you know, Ben Gladwin's come into the club who, he used to play at QPR and he he was okay, injury prone, but very good player for League Two if he can get firing. And, you know, I think that Swindon hopefully can now, now start to sort of look at surviving in the league. The only thing I do think is a little bit questionable is, is their new manager appointment in Ben Garner, who, if you ask any Bristol Rovers fan in the in the probably world, they'll probably say Ben Garner was one of their worst ever managers. So I'm not sure what I think about that one. But I think 
it's positive on the whole for Swindon and, you know, they can only be optimistic at the end of the day, can't they? I mean, at least, I guess the main thing is at least they're still a club, like they still exist. I don't think they'll mind going down a tier or two and having to rebuild. At least they've still got a club. Probably, yeah, do a, probably do a Wigan. Yeah, potentially. They, they could potentially do that. But I do think that, you know, Swindon have got to desperately try and stay in that football league because, you know, as soon as you drop out the football league, the financial problems that come with that, whether it be being non-professional or whatever, you know, it is going to hit the club on a financial level. And as much as there's a lot of positivity around with that, the new owner in Morfuni at the moment, you know, it's very, I'm being very cynical here, but we don't know his true colours yet. And it's very easy to say the right things when you first take over a club and get, get the fan base on side. But the true litmus test is if they do get relegated or if they, they hit a rocky patch, whether he sticks with the manager and, and, or whether he, you know, continues to put money into the club or whatever. So, so I think I they will be down because haven't they lost like have, have they even got a full like starting eleven now? Isn't there a point with it like seven players, Some, something like that? Yeah, that like, is true. First team players. I think it's just a, similar to Derby. They just need to bring in like as many numbers as they can, just have the squad and just yeah, try to make do with it. Yeah, I do agree with you there, and I think you know if they do go down this year, then obviously. That's that's one of those things, isn't it? But moving on now, we'll just talk about another bit of sort of news in the in the league in League Two, and it is to do with Ben Garner's former club, Bristol Rovers, and their manager Joey Barton, who I think was I think he was charged, which doesn't mean that he's convicted, a guilty, or I mean I don't think he's you know we don't know if he's guilty, and in my yeah, but no, knowing knowing him, he's, I wouldn't be surprised if it's true that is very true but I think it's it is very easy to say that and at the end of the day I've always been a believer in innocent but before proven guilty and I know but I if there was anyone to be accused of it you'd probably like expect it from him the most maybe yeah. that's why the wife's doing it maybe the wife's falsely accused him because she knows he's got history you know what I mean <laughs> I mean yeah it could be true but if it's oh, I mean I guess he's not he's not done anything to like some like controversial in recent years, but well, he, he beat up that Barnsley manager. Well, he certainly does have a red mist, doesn't he? I'd, I'd probably just stay quiet, I wouldn't accuse him nor defend them. Yeah, I agree with you. Just I think it's just about the news, but I did see that she did put a post up on social media saying something about I can't remember fully, but it was something along the lines of it's a personal matter and. But he, he never hit me or anything like that. So we don't know at the moment. I think it's all being handled. And in my opinion, he's innocent until proven guilty. And and I think that we've got to treat it that way at the end of the day, no matter what we think of the person, you know. But yeah, that's that's a bit of news. And that could affect Bristol Rovers' promotion push. I don't think it will, because I think, if anything, it might galvanise the squad having a bit of controversy and... You know, they might he might get booed a little bit more now at the games, and I think that he might use that to lift the players a little bit more, even if they didn't need more of a lift. But yeah, that's that's fair, he might he might be innocent because surely that if it was like pre-concrete, they would have sacked him. So there yeah, must be some like, there must be like some case for him being maybe not innocent, but not wholly like maybe not the whole truth. It's like being told. Yeah, exactly. There's two sides to every story at the end of the day, and that's why, as I say, we should probably wait a little bit longer till we fully give our opinions on it. But moving on to a couple of transfers that have gone ahead, um, just a few. We've already sort of spoken about Ben Gladwin going to Swindon, but one I want to talk about is James Belshaw signing for Bristol Rovers. Um, He's obviously a goalkeeper I know a little bit about. I used to go and watch Harrogate Town because it's not too far from, from where I live a couple of years ago. And I remember watching him in the national when they were in the National League North and thinking, this lad's a very good keeper. And and obviously Harrogate got promoted up to the League Two and last year he was 
very good for them. And I think that's a great signing for for Rovers. They've got a keeper there that, I mean, he's got he's a very good shot stopper, but also commands his area very well and rarely makes a mistake. And and that's what you need, you know, if you want a, a promotion push, you've got to have a man between the sticks that you're going to be able to trust to make the the big saves, the big saves at the big moments sort of thing. And I think they'll probably have that in Belshaw because, as I say, if you can replicate what he was like against Harrogate, for Harrogate, then they've got a hell of a player there. Who was um, their last keeper, wasn't it? Uh, oh, I think it was Old Redinger, wasn't it? Jackie Yakola. Yeah, Ansi Yakola, yeah. Yeah, I think he, from what from his start at Reading, he looked like, he looked like a talented keeper, but he's just a bit error-prone. Also terrible with the ball at his feet as well because I think I can think of several times where he nearly cost us. But anyway, he's been replaced. So. Yeah, so it's one of those things. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's not irrelevant because you know that he might be fighting for that. Um, another transfer I just want to touch on is Exeter City have made a couple of signings um, recently. They brought in. They brought in Jonathan Grounds from Swindon, who was released by them, who's an experienced left-back, played for Birmingham, I think, and got a little bit of championship experience in him. And also, I think, Timothy Dieng, who was linked for a long time with, from Southend. He signed for the Greshens. And, I mean, Matt Taylor's side, they're always in and around the playoffs, aren't they? And do you think this will be their year, Charlie? Or do you I think it'll just be another year of refoneys? I think they'll storm it. I think they'll win it or come a second. And, and they signed, um, was it Numbe? Numbe. He's a good player for league, from Luton. He's a good player from for League Two. I think they've still got um, key players like, um, was it Matt Jay? They've still got Randall. They've obviously lost Randall Williams, but. They've also got a good right back as well. That's Sunderland one for one mil, but they've got a very good squad, and I think it's about time. I think decent manager as well. It's it's about time. I think they'll win the league, and yeah, I think they'll win the league. It's a bold shout, but it's a bold shout, but you know, you've you've convinced me that they'll probably be up there. I don't think they'll win the league, but because I do think that League Two is very strong, but I think. They'll probably be up there, at least in and around it again. And, you know, it is a, it is a long away day for any fan and player. And I think it, that, especially at League Two level, does make a big difference. Um, but, yeah, finally, what we're going to speak about, we're not going to do any fan-asked questions today because me being an idiot, forgot to ask for them on, on, on the Instagram. So we haven't got any for today. But plus, it's been a long enough episode anyway, so... You know, I don't want to drag it out unnecessarily, but we're just going to ask one question and I'll come to you with this first, Robbie. Is there a team in League Two that you really are confident about them being bad? Now, i just explain that. Um, that's quite a weird-worded question, but I'm, what I'm meaning there is more a team that you really think will is sort of overhyped or teams players are hyped, a lot of fans are hyping them up and you just think they'll underperform or do poorly. Um, to be fair, I've not really, I don't really follow like League Two, Twitter, or, or anything, so I'm not really aware of any teams that are, like have a lot of hype around them. But based off some like signings and their squad and expectations, I guess the likes of Colchester and Salford and stuff would be up there in terms of like expectation with the the caliber of players that they've got. So. And I think based with based off Colchester last season struggling, uh, if their recruitment you know doesn't come off this year, I reckon they'll be. Well, their recruitment's a, been quality. They've got well, they're basically. I know, that's what I'm saying. Now, but... it's, it's, if it doesn't come off, if it doesn't like work, then I think oh, okay, be, sorry. their I'm fans sure. should be quite disappointed with that because I, I would, maybe not maybe not a top six finish based off how poor they were last year, but they'll. Definitely expected to be, you know, top top off. Yeah, Charlie, what about you? It's a bit basic, but 
it's a bit basic, but going off last season, I think Grimsby. I think they um National got... League Grimsby. I swear they, yeah, they went down. They, they definitely got relegated. So. Did they? Oh, yeah. yeah they're, they're Apologies. I, I thought I thought they stayed up by like the nick of their teeth. Sorry, I, I know that's Colchester, wasn't it? Um, give me a second to think. I to get the league. I'll tell you what. I'll jump in with mine then because I'm going to yeah. say Forest Green Rovers. Um, I think last year, obviously, they lost in the playoff semi-final. They've got Rob Edwards in, who's I think a former England under 16s coach or manager and they have still got some good players at the club like the likes of Godwin Malife he's a good player Ebu Adams is a very decent player Nicky Cadden as well um, and Jamil Matt who he will score goals but I just think that I'm not being totally horrible to the Forest Green fans but they're not massive a fan base and I think that'll probably affect them having you know they probably won't have that that atmosphere that other clubs will have. And I think that they've been up there for the last few years. And I just think now that they've lost, I think Aaron Collins left to Bristol Rovers, which is a massive loss and a new manager and Jimmy Ball. I just think that I can see it going pear shaped for them and I can see them being disappointed by it. Team I reckon might surprise uh, Will on the opposite. I don't know why it's got... You've got, got a feeling that they might. Honestly, got feeling. No, I'm saying on the opposite. All that right. question, I think a team that might surprise a few people is Harrogate. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I mean, I saw them play last night in a friendly, and they and it was against National League North opposition. They still got Moldean. Yeah, and a player who Alan Power, who played for them, he was at Kingsland. He looked brilliant last night. Charlie, have you yeah, thought yet? Or I have. I, I think Scumthorpe have been on the decline for a while now. They were a decent league on side a few seasons ago, but since they got relegated, they haven't been able to cut it. And they're losing players, and I think their recruitment's been a bit awful recently. And they're just the atmosphere around Scumthorpe, from what I've seen, is a bit gloomy. And I think they'll really struggle. I don't. I don't think they'll get relegated. I just think they'll really struggle. They struggled last season. I think they lost. Probably their best player, Abu Ibu Eyes or something. I think that's his name. They lost him. So I think they will struggle. But... Or something gone as well. Yeah. So I think they will I think it's going for will be in for a tough time. There is Scunthorpe. So when Forest Green scored for and who was your team, Robbie? Co- uh, Colchester, but I don't necessarily think they'll when, be when bad. those three end up being the top three in League Two, then we'll probably play this back and laugh but that's going to wrap up today's pod it was a long one so if you guys have managed to listen to the end then as I say really appreciate it and as we record this we have recently hit 10,000 followers on Instagram which is a massive achievement for us and you know none of this would be possible without you you guys support and every single comment that you you put on every single like it just keeps us going and and just let us let us know anything you want to see on the podcast going forward and without further ado I'll probably say I'll get the rest of the lads to sign off and, and, and we'll end the podcast there guys so thank you very much for listening thank you guys it's been a pleasure it's been an honour to be on this podcast because what a podcast this is um, I guess thank you for 10k yeah great cool. very appreciative there Robbie as usual but yeah thanks a lot guys for well, that's for listening. What to say. It's-